on Podcast 1769, the VW ID2, Ford's electric Fiesta, and an Alfa Romeo electric SUV. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Friday the 10th of March. I'm Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with news about the new Volkswagen ID2, tipped for March the 15th in five days' time. Uh, Volkswagen expected to reveal the ID2, if that's indeed what it's going to be called. Targeted price of €22,500, that's $20,000. The first VW to be based on the MEB Plus platform, so... So it has new battery cells, up to 200 kilowatt charge speeds, and VW's Thomas Schaefer suggesting the car may be named the ID Golf because they're going to get rid of the ID numbers and go with the names that they've made famous over the last decades. And well, that makes sense, but I'm not sure it'll be a golf sized car, maybe more polo sized for being an ID2. Either way, we'll find out in five days' time. Ford have been teasing an imminent unveiling of their new EV in Europe. It's going to be on March the 21st, and it's one of seven new models that Ford plans to release in Europe in the next year. It could be a Euro city car like the Fiesta, which Ford recently announced is being phased out in combustion form. So maybe that's what they're talking about. We'll find out on March 21st. Not much known about the vehicle. All electric, uh, and that's all we know. Uh, However, Ford has confirmed that the... First EV coming off the Cologne production line is going to be the car at the Cologne Electrification Centre. It is going to be the medium-sized five-seat crossover that they've licensed the MEB platform from VW. So they've got two cars coming on the VW platform, then they'll do their own Ford thing in Europe. Uh, Ford hopes to expand their EV range to contribute towards their EV future. Here in Europe, the company investing $2 billion in the Cologne plant to build EVs and assemble batteries there as well. BMW is investing in its Oxford plant as it plans more electric minis. A BBC article says they understand BMW is about to announce that they're investing £600 million in the Cowley plant near Oxford, where minis are made, uh, to prepare for electric models. The UK government offering £75 million of support. Uh, Production of the electric minis was launched at Cowley in 2019, but last year BMW said the most electric car production would move over to China. The announcement would be a positive move for the British car industry, which has suffered. Ford and Stellantis have announced investments in their factories to build EVs, but the UK government hasn't really kicked off a UK EV car building industry. BMW is also increasing their R&D spend on EV platforms. That's got to be good news, hasn't it? Because that says the direction of travel that they're going in. Last year, spending 6.6 billion euros on their next-gen platform. Uh, That'll include the new 3 Series, which is not the i3 that we know and love, but it's going to be the new i3 that they have in China uh, that looks more like a 3 Series. Uh, Funds are going towards the new class program. Uh, So connected vehicles, autonomous vehicles, and the new cylindrical battery cells. 30% more range, more charging speed. They said that the cylindrical cells, like Tesla use, will come in either 75 or 150 kilowatt hour battery packs. So that says to me they're planning some really, really chunky sort of 400, 450 mile EVs, if not more. BMW will also launch their next gen 5 series model to compete with the Mercedes-Benz EQE on that platform. Alfa Romeo has announced plans to launch an all-electric SUV flagship in the second half of the decade, according to their CEO, uh, talking to 
Autocar magazine. Uh, the new model will be a fully-fledged SUV pitched up against the likes of the Audi Q8 e-tron, Mercedes-Benz EQS and the BMW iX on the Stellantis Large Architecture. That's the parent company that owns Alfa Romeo. It will have a 118-kilowatt-hour battery aiming for 435 miles of range. The SUV using the same motor configuration as a, the saloon version. 800 volts architecture on board, so 18-minute charge times to get to 80%, but it wouldn't be coming until the second half of the decade. So that's a long-term plan one. But something happening sooner is Nissan aiming to reduce the cost of their EVs to make them price parity with combustion vehicles. They'll do it by developing what they say is 3-in-1 and 5-in-1 model packages, which will allow the components of EV drivetrain to run down the same production line. Nothing particularly new there. Uh, lots of car makers have got very good at packaging, uh, not just the motor or the inverter or the transmission, all into one with the power electronics, all into one really tight, neat little box that runs down the production line. But they're going to put their e-power stuff and their EV stuff uh, down the same production lines, they say, which is going to lead to uh, lower prices. Uh, they're going to use solid-state batteries, cheaper materials, and streamlining. But I can't help but think, my personal opinion on this, is while you're still making all of the e-power stuff, which is a combustion engine as a generator to work an electric motor, that you've still got one foot in petrol land. And if you're a serious car maker wanting to go EV, BMW did this for years, didn't they? I talked about the podcast for years and years and years. BMW prevaricated. They said, oh, we're going to make the same cars in the same factories. We're going to send down diesel cars and EV cars. We're going to make them all in the same factory. And then, and then as consumers move to EV, we'll, we'll change the production lines. That's what Nissan are saying here. And... It just didn't work. And then BMW backtracked and said, yeah, we got that wrong. We'll do it like Tesla, like VW, like everyone else who has a dedicated EV platform, EV production lines, one thing doing it really well. And BMW are going to be late to the party with their platform because of that. But it's not too late. And then Nissan, Nissan is saying the same thing. And they were so early with the Leaf. I don't know. It could work. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert in factories, but seems to me, personal opinion, that they're still hanging on to combustion world with all of that talk about e-power and engines and combustion. Now let's talk Neo releasing an estate version of their ET5. It'll launch in China in July, in Europe later in the year. Uh, the uh, Ministry of Information Technology in China often publishes pictures of things that they've had submitted to them, so we get to see these things. I'm sure that Neo didn't want it coming out right now, but um, it looks a bit like a Porsche Taycan uh, Cross Turismo, if you ask me. Obviously not as premium or lovely or expensive, uh, but it's the shooting brake style, that outline, which, I mean, oh man, I love estate cars. Renault trucks are next in the news, achieving a market share of 25% of the EV market in Europe, selling also their E-Tech and E-Tech wide models in France. They had 75% of the EV market, but you know, it is Renault and it is France, obviously. Uh, they're also selling their E-Tech Master electric transporters. So really good news, work being done there to electrify medium trucks, heavy duty trucks, and Renault have got their share of the market there. We just don't really talk about it very much on the podcast, so I wanted to include that bit of news today. BYD, while we're talking about commercial vehicles, BYD said they will invest over 20 billion US dollars over five years in their commercial division. Now, BYD is a beast anyway. BYD is just 
is just massively impressive. But their commercial bit they're taking so seriously to launch in multiple markets. They're already in the US, the UK, all around Europe, in China. And the move is seen as BYD focusing on this opportunity with commercial vehicles and uh, other than you know buses, vans, trucks, cement mixers, road sweepers, etc., they're going to expand into more segments. Now, staying with trucks, Teva is a company I featured on this podcast before. Uh, they make electric trucks and range-extended trucks as well. Uh, the 7.5-ton battery electric truck is now approved for the UK government's plug-in truck grant. That could give £16,000 off the purchase of one of those. Great news for businesses wanting to get 140 miles on a single charge of the Teva 7.5-ton truck. The US and EU trade negotiations uh, will kick off very soon in earnest uh, they're expected to agree to start negotiations to ensure free trade between the european union and north america since the u.s uh, announced the inflation reduction act which is a wonderful piece of protectionism you know very chinese very much like we're looking after our own thanks so now the eu has had to respond to say either you include europe in your or the eu in your free trade zone so that we get access to the incentives, so that we the, the batteries can be made in Europe and shipped over, which I don't think is going to work because Biden wants the batteries made in the US. Um, or the EU will just do the same and just hand out free money or put massive taxes on American-made cars so we don't buy them, which is a shame. I won't go into it now. Made my thoughts clear. I love free trade. I love globalization. I think it reduces costs. It increases innovation. There are downsides. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm, you know... I'm, Anything but an economist, me. However, man, I just can't can't help but think that when everyone closes their doors, pulls down the shutters, does it for themselves, ultimately we all become a little bit worse off as 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 you know humanity. Getting a bit deep there, aren't I? I better move on. Now, the EV tax credit has a legal loophole that I've seen being used more and more. Automakers are taking advantage of this loophole that incentivizes car shoppers to lease EVs, resulting in a surge in the EV leasing business in America. Uh, the loophole allows car makers to tap into the commercial EV credit if vehicles are leased, even though they're just cars, they're not commercial vehicles. And to pass that along, to the customers through lower monthly lease payments. They're passing along the credit, and that has seen the EV leasing business skyrocket, particularly in terms of electric vehicles. Leasing can be a key component for both consumers and car companies to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles. Now, Tesla continuing to roll out their Magic Dock connector so that anyone with a CCS plug can or socket can plug in to a supercharger i won't do this every time a new one appears but this one i've seen appearing uh, in uh, long island new york the ninth location for the magic dock right coming up soon we'll talk about extreme e coming back and the average range of an ev in the united states what is it what do you think average range of a new ev sold it might surprise you Uh, stick around those stories are on the way Now let's talk Airstream and Porsche. They've collaborated to create a modern travel trailer. Uh, They're showing it off at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Uh, The trailer is shown being pulled by a Porsche Macan. Sadly, not the electric Macan. Man, that would have been more exciting than a trailer. Uh, This thing they've designed, the Airstream, uh, designed by Porsche, is got carbon fiber, composite materials, very, very light designed to be towed by by an electric vehicle with a pop-up roof and more headroom, and you can store it in a typical home garage. Um, But yeah, the quicker they show off some more electric cars towing that, the better. 
Extreme E is back this weekend. Five events, two races each one. So there's a 10 race format. It's in Saudi Arabia along the coast of the Red Sea. So different sand to last time they were there. So hopefully we can actually see it on the telly because last time they went racing in the desert. All of the sand, couldn't see a thing. Brilliant. Uh, so yeah, they're racing on the, the Red Sea coast this time. Uh, it's also going to go to Scotland, Sardinia, somewhere in the Amazon or maybe US and then in Chile. I've been to Extreme E. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's all about how to sustainably uh, go racing and do motorsport, but also raise awareness of the issues of the places they they go to. Uh, there's no single-use plastics uh, when you go along, and, and I was lucky enough to be invited along as part of the media, so you've got like catering at lunchtime and stuff. You take your own plate, your own mug. There's no disposables. It's it's really good. Now, the Odysseys, the, the cars, they race um, about 1,600 kilos, 400 kilowatts of power, and about 4.5 seconds, I think, 0 to 60. These things are absolutely beasts. Right, two more stories. The average range of an electric car in the US, what do you think it is? Well, Americans have a love affair with going big, and that includes batteries in their EVs. The average electric car, the average electric car sold in the United States boasts a 291-mile range. According to a new Bloomberg analysis, the highest in the world, that's a third higher than the global average. When you talk about electric vehicles, Americans say, supersize me. We want big batteries and big range. One of the reasons is the amount of time that Americans spend in their vehicles. The average US traveller is 14.8. Uh, 14,500 miles, actually, per person annually, far higher than any other country. The high mileage means that electric cars in their early days didn't do road trips too well, or the hardcore people used them for, but now, with the introduction of long-range Teslas and everything else, um, with the average battery size in the United States rising by 13% year over year in the last decade. This new survey by Bloomberg uh, says nearly two-thirds of respondents uh, said that their 300 miles was adequate. So that 300 miles is a is a mental benchmark that if your EV comes with 300 miles of range, EV buyers in the US say, yeah, that's the number that I need. But of course, more is always better. I think it will probably, will probably lead to EVs settling around 300 miles. So batteries can get bigger and bigger. You know, you could tow a battery if you wanted to in a trailer and have as big a battery as you want. But I think in terms of weight, efficiency, size, capacity, I think that's probably where I think we'll settle around 300 miles and then just make charging faster and infrastructure better. And finally, I saw this story. I thought it was interesting. Um, it, it, it's just really by the by. Uh, in February, so last month, Ukrainians, and of course a country at war, Ukrainians registered 1,300 used EVs. Most of them were Nissan Leafs. Um, There were some Model 3s in there, Model Y, and some Chinese stuff as well. But I thought interesting that even a country at war still continues, still trades, people go about their lives, and that includes buying electric vehicles in Ukraine. So there you go. Uh, And that's your podcast for today. Thanks to uh, everyone on Patreon who gets this show on the air and supports us. Our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Ireland YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, Global Public Charging made really simple with one map and one app and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.